welcome to season three, episode seven of the Blue Jays Way podcast. Today we have a special edition of the podcast coming at you. Um, obviously joined by Curtis as I am every week. So Curtis, what's up? Um, and, tell you, is it going? Oh, it's it's going just, great. It's going great. Wow, it's it's already off to a rough start because I already talked over you. It's okay. That happens like every week. It's fine. Um, but today we are very very pleased to be joined by Sean Spradling. Um, I found Sean over Twitter. Uh, he's been covering the World Baseball Classic for months now. I, I I don't know how long before that, but I've been in contact with him for a little bit and uh, asked him to join us and talk about the World Baseball Classic a little bit. So Sean, welcome, and uh, how you doing? Thank you guys. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, I see the Springer jersey behind you, which is personally a fan favorite of mine. So I like that. Um, this is awesome. I, as you can probably tell from my Twitter account, I love talking about the WBC. So I'm always happy to jump on. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, just just to get right into it, uh, I, I just want to ask you how how did this passion for the World Baseball Classic start for you? Like, where did this where did this all come from? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of something that I've had to sort of figure out on my own over the last couple of months when people have been asking that because it kind of just started out of nowhere, like the coverage on Twitter. I think my interest in the WBC kind of stems from two things. Um, one, I grew up a baseball fan uh, all my life. I grew up playing baseball, um, played all the way through high school. So I, I love baseball and all types of baseball. Didn't really care or know about anything outside of the of MLB though, because growing up in Texas in high school baseball, it's just like you you have everything that you need to like thrive in the baseball world, like immediately in front of you. So very fortunate and blessed went in that, but also a little bit naive to like outside of US baseball. So uh, in 2017, when the WBC came around last time, I got to watch a couple of the games and loved it. Um, I still didn't know a ton about international baseball other than that and that it was kind of like similar to the world cup but um that was when it started first like started to pique my interest and then funny enough when i went so it really kind of clicked for me when i went to go visit my uh girlfriend at the time my wife now her family she's from brazil and i went to go visit her family in brazil in 2018 during the fifa world cup it was happening in Russia, but even in, in Brazil, all throughout the country, the country just like shut down for the World Cup for like a month, um, as most countries do around the world, honestly. But it, that, at that point, after going to all the watch parties and seeing like the passion and intensity of like rooting for your country, I, I thought like, wow, this is the best of the best in sports. And what would it be like if baseball could have even something that's close to that? Like baseball is not on the same tier of soccer, like international soccer, obviously, but if we could have something like that to where we could root for our, our countries and like see the passion and like energy and respect and honor you get from playing for and rooting for your country, that would be amazing. And I think that's exactly what the WBC is and will continue to like shape into. Um, it's literally the baseball world cup. And so going into last year, when they re-announced that it was going to be happening in 2023 this year, because it had been delayed a couple of years, um, I was super excited. And that's when I started looking up like, oh, I wonder what the rosters look like. I wonder what information's out there. And there was nothing at all. <laughs> like there was no roster news. No players had said they were playing. No one knew anything. So at that point, I kind of took it upon myself and I was like, okay, well, let's see what this tournament could look like. So I started creating like dream team graphics of like the potential of what every team could look like if everyone were to commit from every country. Um, and those kind of got some good buzz after I've created the top teams like USDR, 
um, Canada, Venezuela, like the the top countries that like baseball. Every other country in the WBC started asking me for content from their country. It's like, oh, well, like, can you make one for the Nicaraguan team or the Taiwanese team? So from then on, I just started trying to post as much as I can about the WBC for all 20 teams, all 20 countries, because no one else, I guess, really does that. So I uh, have a sports management background. I, I'm newer to reporting, but um, yeah, hopefully this turns into something longer term. But for now, it's WBC. So. Yeah, and uh, obviously we'll get into the tournament, uh, which is fast approaching. And obviously when it comes to world baseball, there's always the top dogs, the uh, Dominican Republic, USA, Japan. As the roster set for those three countries right now, who do you think is your odds on favorite to come out with a title this year? Yeah, that... So you, you, you're spot on. Those are the top three teams for sure. Um, that is one tier to me. And I honestly have, like, I could easily see any of those three teams winning. The, the thing about it is I think my answer has changed since a month ago before official rosters were announced. Because if you looked at the rosters a month ago, Japan had all of their best. But so did the Dominicans. And USA had a very, very stacked lineup and, and roster as well. Um, but then when rosters were announced, and so back then I had Dominicans one, USA two and Japan three. Now with the rosters announced and seeing that J Ram is not playing for the Dominicans or, uh, like a bunch of their bullpen arms for Dominican Republic, they lost out on Framber Valdez, um, on, uh, missing like Luis Castillo, Luis Severino, Freddie Peralta, a lot of their starting pitchers that's kind of dropped them a little bit for me. And then for the U.S., we thought they were going to have Kershaw. We thought they were going to have Logan Webb and um, and Nestor Cortez. So they've kind of dropped a little bit back for me as well. So where I, as I had the top two and then I had Japan, honestly, they're all three like right there now. And I would not at all be surprised if Japan won it. I think odds on favorite, I haven't like declared an official champion, but I don't know. It It's tough to bet against Japan at this point. They didn't lose anyone. The only one that they've lost is Seiya Suzuki, who just had his oblique injury last a couple of days ago. But they have the best pitching in the tournament and one of the best lineups. So, yeah. And there's definitely some uh, potential for, on, on the other side, some big underdogs. Like, I, I would throw, it hurts that they lost Kirk, but Mexico would be in there for me. Uh, Venezuela in there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Which country do you think could do some some big damage in the tournament? Yeah, those two name those two teams that you named are two teams that I've been highlighting for a while as well. That Alejandro Kirk loss is just it's brutal for Mexico. Um, I'm interested, real quick, just a sidebar. What do what is the like talk around that for the Blue Jays fans? I, I think like from the perspective as Blue Jays fans, we want him to be in camp because yeah. like I don't I don't want to say Kirk's not a bad defensive catcher, but like game calling isn't necessarily a strong suit and with the pitch clock we're all kind of mm-hmm. like well we'd like him to get as much time with especially guys like uh, Bassett who has like six and seven pitches like you know mm-hmm. get some time in the pen with those guys and plus our bullpen's been rehauled so you'd like your catchers to get time with them but obviously we did want to see Kirk play in the World Baseball Classic but obviously he didn't come to camp in time and they didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was worth it but you know yeah that makes sense i mean i i think that's normal like you want to see your guys in camp you want to see them be able to prepare for the season 
Um, I feel like catchers are in a very specific role. Like, for example, Wilson Contreras is not playing for Venezuela. He would have easily been in their lineup, their starting lineup for them. Um, But he is learning an entirely new pitching staff and uh, over in St. Louis. So it makes sense for him to be in camp. Um, But at the same time, I love the WBC. I think this is the best brand of baseball. So I want to see the best play. All that being said, Kirk, I would have loved to see for Mexico. They do still have Austin Barnes, who isn't on the same level as Alejandro Kirk, but it's not like they have no one behind him. So I don't think it's going to be this massive drop off to where like Mexico is not is just going to fall off the face of the earth. (laughs) So I think that they still are very underrated. I think they have a very strong team. Um, I think Venezuela... I think both Mexico and Venezuela, these are their best teams that they've ever brought to the WBC. So this is the fifth time each of them have been in the WBC, and this is their strongest teams, respectively. So those teams, two teams are really good. Um, I would say Korea is also pretty underrated, just because U.S. fans don't really know much about the Korean team. Um, They have have some pop in that lineup. Uh, I think the pitching will be decent. It's not on the same level as Japan by any means, but I think they'll be able to score some runs. So after pool play, if they make it out of the pool, it's a single elimination and any baseball fan knows that in one game of baseball, literally anything can happen. So. Yeah. I haven't watched many uh, KBO games since the the pandemic. So I guess this yeah. will be my chance to brush up on that, but um, obviously we're in Canada, we're rooting for Canada. So I got to start asking the Canadian questions and obviously Nick Pavetta is a huge loss for us. I know yeah. every MLB fan is kind of chuckling at that statement, but for for Team Canada, Nick Pavetta is a big loss to our starting rotation. And because of that, do you think Canada is going to have enough pitching depth, depth, especially in the starting rotation, to really compete with some of those bigger teams in the tournament? Yeah, I think for those that laugh at that, I don't think maybe they don't understand how the WBC works quite well enough right now because pitching is impossible to get in the WBC. Like we see very few teams with the high, high end pitchers. So, Someone like a Nick Pavetta is going to be very reliable against a lot of the other competition for, uh, for example, like the guys on Team Columbia or the Great Britain team who are both in the same pool with Canada. So um, a lot of those guys play an independent league. So Nick Pavetta would be pretty solid against them. Unfortunately, he's not going to be there. Cal Quantrill, I'm sure, will be the top starter for Canada. I know Mitch Bratt is probably going to start some games for them as well. Behind them two... I don't know. It is looking pretty thin. Uh, I know that they, they got a couple older guys like uh, like John Axford. Um, so he could start a game. I don't I don't know what that would look like. But the nice thing for for I would say Canadian fans and fans of countries in the similar situation that are lacking starting pitching is there is uh, the pitch limits in the WBC. So you won't even really be seeing starting pitching going that deep into games. So if you have someone like Matt Brash that you want to bring in and kind of like piggyback with Cal Quantrill, then they can both go a couple innings and you should be fine. Um, it's it's just going to be kind of tough to, for those starters, I think. That's interesting, man. I totally forgot John Axford was even a baseball <laughs> player for a while. Oh. He's on uh, the team. Uh, I, I don't so forget great. because I was one of those nerds that watched the Olympic qualifiers and he started a game for us in Olympic qualifiers, which did not go well. That <laughs> game was, <laughs> I'm not going to say he was bad, but it, he, obviously you could tell why had no one has picked him up in the uh, MOB circuit in a little while. 
Yeah, I will say that I, I'm not too familiar with the rest of the pitching staff for Canada, which may be saying something. I don't know. Um, but you got a couple guys, like all you really need to do in in the pool stage is win two games to give yourself a chance. If you win three, you're definitely in. Um, but you just got to kind of, kind of find a way to beat you got to find a way to beat Great Britain, which shouldn't be an issue. Colombia is going to be tough. And then Mexico is going to be pretty tough. So if they can find the starting pitching to, I guess, put scrounge together some innings and then have Freddie Freeman just hit a couple bombs, then you should be fine. <laughs> One can only hope Freddie Freeman will carry <laughs> us to victory. Um, get, getting into like some nitty gritty of the tournament, um, the the world baseball classic decided not to use the new rules, like the ban of the shift and, and the bigger bases and stuff. Uh, do you know much about that? Do you know the reasoning for that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's been like an actual reason that has been like announced why they're not doing it in my mind. And f- this is from an MLB fan perspective, but also just understanding international baseball. In my mind, I think that that is a great idea to not do it in the WBC. And the reason for that is it would be really nice to get the MLB uh, players used to these rules since they're not going to be at spring training. But then you have to think about the other 20 teams that have players from not the MLB. So those players are never going to play with those rules unless they are implemented sometime in, in the future. So why would we like change the rules that they've been playing with their whole career just for one tournament, you know, so all of the East Asian baseball players and like in Latin America, the Mexican league and independent ball that don't have those, those rules. So it would be nice maybe in the future, once it's like more normal, it would make sense. But if we want this to just be a tournament where we don't have to worry about anything, I think it's best to not worry about a pitch clock or bigger bases or anything like that. Yeah. I I think, you know, um, one thing I've kind of pondered because, you know, the rosters came out a month or a month and a half ago now. And mm-hmm. then there's been a lot of change for some countries because of injury, because of players not coming to camp on time, especially for those countries that are more reliant on the MLB talent. Um, do you think that it's imperative to get the best players to this tournament by moving the date of it? And like, you know, it being in the middle of spring training doesn't seem ideal but do you think you know if we move it to a february a february like early february or even like a january that that would make the tournament better and would give more of the star players a chance to play in this tournament yeah this is something that i've talked with a lot of people about to figure out what the like popular opinion is on what would be the ideal time to have the wbc because i think that is a pretty big drawback for a lot of MLB clubs, but then also players that don't want to like mess with their own, um, like lead up to the season, the options, all of the options have pros and all of them have cons. There's not a perfect time, unfortunately, to have the WBC until we like finally are okay with saying, screw it. This is the world cup. It's going to, we need to figure it out and they need to deal with it. And everybody's going to go play until then the options would be spring training, which is happening now. This is what it's always been pros it's before the season before anybody's hurt cons it messes with spring training and play pitchers and mostly pitchers have to start their pitching routine earlier the other options would be an extended spring training uh sorry an extended uh all-star break which i've heard a couple people mention where you just like extends uh 
that all-star break for another week. And then you just have the WBC during that where pitchers are already ramped up. It's in the middle of the season. Everybody's in mid-season form. Um, the drawback of that is like, if someone gets hurt on like a contender halfway through the season, then that's kind of screws the team. So I think that'd be a good option if we could all get around just knowing that maybe there's one player that'll get hurt every four years. Um, but I think it could be good because no, and we don't have to worry about the spring training or the after the season. Um, the third option would be after the season because players do play in uh, like winter leagues in like November and December. A lot of players do. So it could work to where you don't have to worry about spring training. Players are already like on board for the most part with playing in the winter, but that still is hard for the pitchers because for the guys that went all the way into deep October, like they're already taxed. So all that being said, I think the conclusion that most people have come to is that spring training is probably the best option. I think if you push it into January, they still have to like have a lead up to pitching 100%. So then you're starting that in like December, which seems a little bit too early and then just lengthens the year for them. So I don't know. I think that this is probably the best time to have it at this point, even though it's not ideal. I like the idea of an extended um, all-star break though. Yeah, because that, that's what the NHL does. Well, they don't have the All-Star game and then the WBC. They just nix the All-Star game every four years and then go to the Olympics, which is yeah, like hockey's WBC. And then obviously um, they come back to play. And most famously, like it's for our Canadian listeners, but uh, John Tavares got injured in 2010 and that really, or sorry, 2014. And that really put out one of the teams in the NHL. But mm. But it's very interesting, like hearing that option. And I almost wonder if that would make for a better tournament, actually. But I don't know. I like that. I like that idea that you don't have to worry about, like, like you said, people are so annoyed when pitchers get hurt before the season or like pitchers have to start earlier in the season. So if we can get to the point to where everybody's just used to it, or like you said, in hockey, it's just a normal thing to where everybody expects it every four years. If we can get to that point, I think it'd be fine. Definitely. I, I've also heard the um, the all-star break thing. And, and just to pop in a little bit here, I, I think spring training is also the best time. I don't I don't think there's any other time where it, it it's really going to work for the players. The the all-star break thing for me just seems um, it just seemed the injury risk there is much worse than the beginning of the season. I would rather someone injured in, in March than someone injured heading into August or, or in July. So, yeah. um, but just uh, not taking up too much of your time. My last question for you here, um, just from a baseball, like the sport perspective in general, not MLB, not WBC. What do you think about the p- pitch clock and, and shift bands and stuff like that? Do you, do you think it's, it's a good idea or do you not like it? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I, if I'm being totally honest, I haven't like, looked too deeply into the rules quite yet because I've been so focused on just the world baseball classic at this point. Um, I think if, if we look at the pitch clock, which I know has been stealing all the headlines as of the last week, I, uh, I want to grow baseball. And so I think that that will help speed up the games and just be more uh, digestible for the general baseball fan it gives me like deep anxiety to like see the pitchers just absolutely work like every 10, 15 seconds up there on the mound. I was a pitcher in high school. So just th- thinking about like rushing myself to get back on the mound, like baseball, 
a baseball game for a pitcher is a marathon and now it's kind of like a sprint. So I don't know. It kind of changes that strategy a bit because you can't, you don't have as much time to think, but in the long term, I think it does help. Pitchers will adjust. They'll learn how to work faster. There are already pitchers that work that fast, so it won't even affect them. Um, So I think it's a good thing for baseball because my whole thing is to grow baseball and to make it more popular and make games two and a half hours. I think we'll just, you'll be able to watch more. Um, with the bases and the shifts, I don't think the bases are going to affect the game too much. Um, hardly at all. Might see a slight uptick in stolen bases, which I'm fine with. I like stolen bases. Um, the shifts, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of back and forth with it. I think you should be able to do whatever you want, really, as long as it's in the rules to strategize and win. Like if if you want to shift um, to against certain players, that's strategy to me. But it also makes sense that it kind of went overboard in some people's opinion. So I don't feel too strongly one way or another with that one. One that I don't like that is wasn't even implemented this year. This was last year, I think, or two years ago, is the three batter minimum. I hate that rule because as a pitcher mind, just because like thinking about from a coaching perspective, the half of their job is managing the bullpen. And so having to throw, like knowing that you have to, throw a guy out there on the mound and he has to go three batters just makes everything so much harder in my mind for a coach. Um, there's no more like lefty specialists or anything. So I don't know. That one's kind of weird, but that's not a new rule. And my final question it, as we're wrapping up here, going back to Canada baseball is who is one player on this team that people need to know about heading into this tournament that people necessarily haven't heard of? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I actually just did a podcast on on my podcast of like like last week. It was one player from you can every plug your team. podcast right now. Thank you. This is it. It is WBC Central on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast network. <laughs> um, so go listen to it. I'm doing a pool breakdown of all four pools in the WBC uh, this week and next week. So go listen. But last week I did a like one player from all 20 countries that I'm excited to see. Um, and the one that I pointed out for Canada is Edward Julian. Um, uh, I think that he has been shooting up the prospect rankings as of the last year or so. Um, I think he's a lot of fun to watch. He just hit two bombs. I think yesterday for the twins, that one's a lot of fun. He's their second baseman. He'll probably start at second base for them. Probably be at the top of Canada's lineup should be starting on the national team for the next for the, for the foreseeable future for the next couple WBCs. So he's a lot of fun. I know that he had like double digit home runs and stolen bases, so, yeah, I like him. I know he's been jumping up the the rankings a lot. I think another guy is another young guy is Bo Naylor. I think most people know that name if you follow baseball pretty closely because of Josh. Um, he'll be the starting catcher for Canada. I really like the, the prospects in, in the WBC just to get their chance to kind of use this as a showcase for them. So guys that are young like Julian and Naylor, I'm excited to see. Amazing. And uh, yeah, we'd love to give you the opportunity to plug any more work you'd like to plug your Twitter. Um, it was been an honor to talk to you. It's been been fun and super excited for the tournament. Yeah, I yeah, that was that was professional. How you just slid right into the plug right there. That was like a ten <laughs> out of ten plug right there. We love plug time. It's our favorite time of the podcast. So feel love free to take it. as long take as long as you need. Thank you so much. Yeah, I have, I guess I've had, I've gone on a couple podcasts, so I have a little bit of experience with that plug. But um, yeah, so my, I, I guess the places you can find me are Twitter, it's at Sean's underscore Spradling, 
TikTok, I basically, my TikTok is just my Twitter, but in video form. Like I just say my tweets and that's pretty much it. But if you want baseball TikTok, you can follow me at Sean Spradling. Um, and then I do have my podcast. It's called WBC Central. You can find it under Baseball Isn't Boring on any of your streaming platforms or on my YouTube channel if you want to see my face, which I don't, you don't probably don't want to, but if you do, I'm there. Amazing. We want to see your face, Sean. We, we do. Want to see your... Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been great having you on, Sean. Thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. If you all ever need anything, feel free to reach out and let me know. We'll do it. Right. Thanks, Sean. Thank you so much again to Sean Spradling for joining us. Uh, great interview. Legend for sure. Um, very fun to talk about uh, the WBC. And uh, it's it's a great tournament to get into the sport if you if you are not super involved into baseball yet. Before we move on to, never thought I'd be a friend with an Astros fan. So yes, shout out to you, Sean. You did a good job of, of making me a friend of an Astros fan. So Yeah, exactly. At least you're not a Rangers fan. That's true. Um, yeah. So if, if you're really trying to get into the sport, I highly recommend following Sean on, on Twitter and, and TikTok, like you mentioned and checking out his stuff. Uh, cause the world baseball classic is a great, great place to get into, to get into the sport. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, the sport of baseball, we were talking with Sean a little bit about the pitch clock. And, uh, after about a week of spring training, we've got a little taste of it. We got a little taste of, uh, the pitch clock and the players starting to get used to it a little bit. Um, I have many thoughts. Uh, wh- what are you thinking, Curtis? What have you seen? What do you like? What do you not like from the pitch clock over this past week? We have to preface this by saying the Jays have played two of the slower games in spring so far this year that we've seen on our broadcast in Canada. So, you know, take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. But I don't know if, like, it does make a difference. I think the game moves quicker. There's no doubt about that. But does it make enough of a difference for it to be worthwhile for me? I guess the sample size says yes, and that we'll see that more throughout a full season as opposed to like a couple games in spring. But right now, I'm just optimistically kind of like, I'm like, oh, this is good. But I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the best decision MLB has ever made. Or I'm not going to say this is the worst decision MLB has ever made. I'm not even in the middle. I'm more leaning towards this is a good decision for baseball. Because, like, saying, people do have lives. We love baseball. I mean, we're two people that have a baseball podcast. So, like, we're in that 1% of baseball fans, even. And, like, I think we can both agree that sitting down and watching 162 three-and-a-half-hour games is a little much. Like, Tyler, you and I can both admit that there's times where we'll flick off the TV in the ninth inning or the eighth inning. Uh, just because, you know, the game's not going a certain way that we'd like, and we're we're ready to tune out every once in a while. So I think this is going to cut down on that because there's going to be no need. You're never going to feel the fatigue, especially because, you know, there's not no other sport that has this many games that are played in a single season. So I don't think it can hurt 
I mean, sure, you might lose a couple of the older fans that are like, back in my day, we had four-hour games, and I loved every minute of it. But uh, other than those people, I, I uh, think this is, this is going to improve the audience of baseball, and I don't know how it can hurt. I kind of hope that the pitch clock is in, implemented in WBC. I don't think the bases are shift shifting needs to be implemented. Sorry, into wait, implemented. Implemented. That's the word. I'm just gonna leave this all in to look my making myself look like an idiot. <laughs> oh wait, I have I have I have a sidebar question to take this really off the rails. Yeah. You ever feel concerned that you leave to give our audience some behind the scenes all the editing into my hands and that I could just make you look like an idiot through audio editing? I mean, you could. You could do that. I haven't done it yet though. But yeah, I feel like you're a pretty straight up guy. And like also, like, you know. I could always edit too if you needed me to, you know, no big deal. No, I'm not saying that I, I like I enjoy doing it, but I just think it's funny how Tyler and Curtis talking how about I the could... podcast behind the scenes. Yeah, maybe we should do a whole behind the scenes podcast like uh, Last of Us. Have you so have you watched that show? All right, we're on a side tra- track so now. Doesn't matter. Anyways. This is our podcast. Whatever, it doesn't Tur- matter. Turning um, back. Yes, I have been watching it. It's probably one of the best shows that's come out since walking dead so good anyways um pitch clock no 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 we're not we're not going back yet you were you were a big walking dead fan right huge 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 so like what do you think like comparing them which one do you like better so far okay well that's that question i can't really answer because walking dead is one of my favorite shows and i've loved it forever and it's awesome and i rewatch has, it has this gone to the level of that though the last of us is so good like I love that show. It is so good. Um, it, with if it continues and it keeps on going, it, I, I think it could. It has the potential at, at being just as good, or if not better, than The Walking Dead. The good thing about this show is that there usually there's shows where there's like one episode where you're like that was a meh episode. Yeah, because that's the way TV works. I haven't felt that yet with the show, and we're getting towards the finale, so it's only going to ramp up even more. Yeah. It's only Plus, I, better. I played both games and the DLC and everything. So big mm-hmm. Last of Us fan. But anyways, back to pitch clock. Yeah. So turning back onto the street that we were on. Um, Taking I, a hard right turn back. I think absolutely breaking the steering wheel to go back. I I think as for the pitch clock, it after this year, I will have a better opinion on it. Like it'll take me like a full season to really like buckle down on it and 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 collect my thoughts kind of but from first glance i love it first glance i love it so much um the pitchers and the hitters will get used to it It, like there's been a couple hiccups in the first couple days but that was to be expected that's why it's spring training and the games don't count like like that three two count where you got called out yeah the bases loaded graves yeah yeah yeah. end of the game anyways but uh yeah, no, I think it's going to be really good for the game. I think a lot of new fans will enjoy this part of the game, picking it up a little bit, getting hitters into the box faster, no more of that, you know, fix your glove, fix your pad kind it's, of thing. It's for the casual fan. Yeah, and I think it's going to do wonders for the game. Uh, and it, like, this doesn't say much about the pitch clock, but the Blue Jays had 463,000 fans watching their first spring training game, which is, uh, I believe that's higher than most peak um viewerships of most MLB teams. I saw that on Twitter from Hazelmitt. Um that that most teams 
you know, the, the first spring training game had a higher audience than most teams have in a regular season game, which is, you know, crazy. But that's just the Blue Jays fan base. Like, they're just huge, huge, huge fan base. Um, but, Curtis, did you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up after that great interview with Sean and some pitch clock talk? And The Last of Us? Last of Us talk. Um, also, you know what? I'm going to get into this off on also a little bit of TV talk. First episode of The Mandalorian came out today. Don't tell me I haven't. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I have not watched it yet. Oh, okay. Close your ears. I'm going to say a little whisper to our audience. It was kind of mid, guys. Like, it wasn't even that good. Like, it was It was like it was good, but it was like I was expecting a little bit more. But anyways. All right, Tyler, you can come back. I'm back. All right. Yeah, you didn't miss much there. That's anyways, right. uh, plug time. Take it away, buddy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at cmartin387. You can follow Blue Jays Way podcast on Twitter at Blue Jays Way Pod. Uh, clips from this podcast, uh, just our thoughts. We've been tweeting a lot about the spring training game. So if you want to know some of the top performances from each spring training game and like a couple uh, in-game tweets, make sure to go there. Like all of our tweets, retweet our tweets. Uh, that's my big plug. My Venezuela team preview will be coming out uh, at some point this week, probably Saturday. So it'll be out just after this episode comes out as Tyler dances. We should make um, this a GIF or a GIF. A, a, yeah, or like a, a Jiffy, I think they're called. Yeah, we could do that. We and uh, yeah, and uh, follow me on Instagram, cmartin292. Uh, Tyler does it every week, so I'll just do it on my own time. Uh, follow my photography account, Chris Martin Photography. Uh, TMU Bowl season's over, but a lot more photography will be coming of other things soon. So, ooh, fancy! Tyler's excited for that. Um, TMU Bowl, oh, just disappointing. Everybody they, didn't they have like five playoff games the other day, and they lost every single one. Uh, yeah, they lost every single one. Yeah. And that's I was and, and for context, I was in Ottawa for two of them. So yeah, it sucked. Uh that's brutal. Um for for me, you can at the same as every week, you can follow me on Twitter at Prosic Tyler, P-R-O-C-Y-K Tyler. You can follow me on Instagram at T underscore. Um, there's lots of world baseball classic articles coming out in the next week. So make sure to check those out. Uh, like we said, go check out uh, Sean and his Twitter. Uh, if you want to get more into the WVC, he's got lots, lots, lots to cover. And uh, you, the, the stuff. You'll be able to find his Twitter, uh, whatever else he gives us, and his podcast all in the show description. So if you want to check out anything that he does, make sure to f- go down into that description. I know most people don't read it, but there's that little thing that I spend 10 minutes on every episode writing out and putting all the links in. So please don't make my time effortless. Go down there. Click the links to our stuff. Click the links to Sean's stuff. You know, Check out our YouTube channel, Overline Sports Entertainment, where... The last episode and this episode will be live. You can you can see our beautiful, sexy mustache. Well, I shaved, but like you can see Tyler's pedo stash or whatever that is. I don't know what Man, <laughs> that's so disrespectful. I'm it's looking so good. It I don't know how your girlfriend good. lets you keep that, man. She she won't let me take it off. She yeah. won't let me take it off. She loves it. I don't know it. if that's a good sign or a bad sign. But... She's, she's in Cuba right now, and I said I would uh shave my head, and she got mad and said, Don't do that. Uh, it, but, it's like that have you seen that tiktok where it's it's like if your girl tells you not to shave her your head it means that she loves you well i i i gotta shave my head I, I think it would look good but she won't let me so i won't i don't want you to shave. <laughs> this is the the uh, the segment of sidetracks please don't shave your head okay well i'm gonna wrap this up for us um also as he does every oh. week 
also before you wrap it up if you shaved your head we'd have to change the graphic to be bald that's Tyler, true until you that's grow your hair back. i gotta leave it i gotta leave it um shout out to the static point band and adam collings for the intro as they do every week um but that's going to do it for us this week we want to remind all of you to like and subscribe to the podcast you can find us on spotify and apple Podcasts, uh, and make sure to check us out on social media at OTS sports ca on twitter and instagram and check out all the latest articles on the website wbc articles check them out check them out check them out on www.overthelinesports.ca and like Curtis mentioned the YouTube where you can see our beautiful faces my perfectly wonderful mustache and beard in progress uh, at Overline Sports Entertainment on YouTube Uh, it's been a pleasure as it always is shebang I live my life at least a hundred times never got it down right Played this song once or twice I've been trying to find my life Out of energy, I'm stuck with the candlelight Buttoned up, Apollo down, these buttons are too tight This candlelight isn't too bright Close my eyes and I lose my sight I just wanna say goodbye But I don't think I'm ready Damn, this way's too heavy Building the stars I'm landing Horse rides I'm riding Dreaming hard I'm running Title to make enemies Feeling this shit got me lonely Stars in the sky, I'm holy Wrote this song on my nightstand I know you don't understand I'm trying to do this right Supposed to fit.